Hello and welcome to the Free and Revamped podcast. I am your host, Deshaun, and I have the pleasure of being with the founder. Introduce yourself, madam. My name is Courtney Galloway. As she said, I am the owner and founder of Freedom Revamped. And um, Freedom Revamped, I started it at the end of last year, basically because I felt like my generation and even generations ahead of mine and behind me don't truly know what freedom is in general or in Christ. So um, I started it just to kind of put out what I think freedom is and help others discover what freedom is to them. That is amazing. So I'm truly grateful um, that you have done that and that you reached out to me to be a part of this. Um, So let's jump right into the concept of freedom. Um, I'd like to ask you and I'll answer it for myself as well. What do you think freedom is? So freedom definitely um, differs from person to person. Like that's why, you know, she asked that question is because everyone can form their own definition of freedom. But freedom to me is being who God created you to be and not fearing what others may say or think about it, but also giving them that same space to define freedom and live freedom for themselves. Definitely. I think for me, freedom um, and we've kind of visited this before, but um, having like no bondage, like physically, mentally, emotionally, um, because if you ask me then, um, which I'm going to ask you just in just a moment, if I consider myself free based on my definition, not all the time. Um, Right. But then when I start to think about like spiritually, there is a sense of freedom that I feel like I've been able to experience. So that's my next question for you, Courtney. Do you consider yourself free? So um, I think so a lot of, okay. So I do interviews on the blog and one of the questions I asked is, do you believe you practice freedom? And I Mm. worded it like that because I believe it is a practice. So when you're practicing something, you're not perfect at it. So do I practice freedom? Yes, but that just means I'm continually working at becoming totally free. And that I can agree with, which is why I said I don't know that by my definition, I'm always free. Um, As a Black woman living in America, there are so many times where I definitely find myself policing myself or making myself uncomfortable in order for someone else to be comfortable, or um, even when it comes to my my faith, um, you know, there's a sense of like bondage we put ourselves in with condemnation and things like that. So I definitely don't feel like I am always doing my best at it, but um, I'm definitely working to practice it and to ultimately truly feel what it's like to be free. So moving forward, um, we're kind of in a very interesting state as a country right now. Um, and as a world, like in general, we're in the midst of a pandemic, a global pandemic that is affecting us all and um, have just recently experienced a lot of things that are stemming from the system of white supremacy that this country was founded on. So I just, I I guess I just kind of want to know what are your thoughts on what's going on right now? Um, As my, my fellow sister, how are you coping with the things that are going on right now? Um, So I definitely think that the fact that we're in the pandemic gives us more time to focus on it. Um, When Trayvon Martin, you know, when he died, we weren't in a pandemic. We had our day-to-day lives to go through, and we still felt it, 
but it's like, okay, well, I got to go to school. I got to go to work, um, church, all of this. So we didn't have time to literally sit there and be on the internet all day looking at it. So now I feel like it's honestly taking a toll on us because we are in the pandemic, but also because I was speaking to my cousin about it earlier. Um, our generation, we're, we're more outspoken about things that go on. And I I even think, I don't want to say we're more angry about things than maybe our grandparents are, but for us, it's like our grandparents went through it. Our great grandparents went through it. Our great, great grandparents went through it. So why are we still going through it? So I think that's where I'm at and where I know a lot of other people in my generation and your, well, we're sort of in the same generation, but a lot of people are, um, you know, feeling it's like, why is this still happening? How is it still happening? And that's, I think that's the bigger issue. Like we don't have an answer and we haven't had an answer for quite some time. We didn't know why it started. You know what I'm saying? We right. didn't ask um, for these things to take place. So because of that, we're, the, in the midst of the confusion, there's um, there's chaos, um, and people are like right now, and people are trying to figure out um, why. But I, I guess I get confused when people ask me why. Like it's so clear why. Um, like you said, like our great our ancestors, our great grands, our grands, they dealt with this. We don't want to deal with it. We're thinking about the future. We're very we're very much a forward thinking generation. And when we are looking at what's going on right now and considering the future, it's disheartening. I don't want my kids to experience this. Um, I have a younger brother. I don't want him to have to be experiencing these things. Um, so it's just thinking, being forward thinking and seeing where we're at right now and seeing the trajectory of what could take place we're we're at wit's end like this was the last straw (laughs) and um i think that we're in the midst of history right now um and it's definitely not a privilege to be in the midst of it but it is something to witness um but it is it just shows us what our world like what our world was truly capable of and that that's kind of disheartening right now um so i guess my next question is because you just spoke about the generation, so that brought it up for me. Um, I think a lot of times we get a bad rep for the way that we handle these things because you didn't mention that we're outspoken, and that's the thing. Um, we don't really, we, we always have been kind of up against the hierarchy and the concept of structure within the system that is not created for us. So I want to know what your thoughts are on um and this might not be something you can answer now, um, but what are your thoughts on ways in which we can work toward peace and equality? Good question. And it's like, I've been talking about this with so many people before um, we started to record this. And I was like asking my mom, I was like, if I wanted to go to a peaceful protest, even a peaceful protest, you know, what would you as my mother say like would you be like I don't want you to go or would you be like go and she said even when we we us black people try to do it in a peaceful way something might happen where it doesn't I know in um California they were doing a peaceful protest the people were like literally just sitting there and the police still picked people up off the ground and arrested them for just sitting there so honestly I don't think there's anything else we can do. I think it has to be on their end at this point. And 
because we've done so much. Courtney, I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, and, and the reason why I'm so happy you said that is because it seems like, um, and not that that was a trick question by any means, because um, I do feel like there, um, going back to what we talked about, about like the practicing of freedom, there are things that we can do to help ourselves practice freedom um, to ensure that um, the next generation doesn't have to feel the same bondage we felt. Obviously, they're going to feel it um, within society, but to make sure that they're not feeling it within our community. Um, but there is literally nothing that I think that we can do. Um, and the reason why I say that is because like you said, peacefully um, with violence, it doesn't matter which way we go about it, um, about trying to be heard, there's always some sort of an issue. So I guess right now we live in Atlanta. Um, well, I live in Atlanta. I don't know if you're here right now, but um, there's a lot going on within our city and people have to understand too that the news only shows us what they want us to see. Um, right. And they only say the things that they want us to hear. It's propaganda. Um, and it's the things that either they tug at our emotions, like it's, it's ethos, that's their method of communicating. Um, and because of that, um, I think a lot of people are getting a, a negative connotation of what took place yesterday. Um, so I have a little bit of both sides of the story. I didn't get to go participate. However, I have participated in um, rallies and in protests that have been held in Atlanta, um, specifically closer to my college years, there was so much, there's an abundance of, um, a genocide. I mean, it still is a genocide on black bodies, but there was so much going on at that time that I was like fed up. I wanted to be a part of everything. I remember like walking out of work to be a part of a rally and like my mom was calling my phone and telling me I needed to come home. And I was just like, no, like it was, it was unrest for me. Um, so with what was going on yesterday, what are your thoughts on, um, the way in which people are handling things, because I want people to understand where these things are coming from. Um, but I kind of want to know what your opinion is, because I have an opinion, but I want to hear yours as well. Oh, so many. So I did see um, a few of the videos from the rallies in Atlanta yesterday, specifically the ones that happened at CNN and also, you know, the stores and everything. I think, I mean, there's so much. I know that a lot of it is coming from anger. Like a lot of the things that our rap, like when we don't do peaceful protests, when we do riots, it's coming from a place of anger. And I understand it because, you know, I'm angry. But at the same time, I feel like if we look at the president's tweets saying, you know, thugs, um, when we do certain things, I do feel like it gives them more ammo to call us those things and it gives them more, um, it makes them feel like they have more of a right, quote unquote, to kill us because um, of the way we display our anger. I feel like there are better ways to do it than to, you know, burn down buildings, um, ruin police cars. And I do get the anger, but I feel like there's just better ways to display it. I would agree. Um, so there's two sides to the to the coin for me. So the one side of me feels like um, I definitely wish that there was another way for us to handle it. When I look at history and I see how things were handled in order for even our country itself to obtain its, its independence, there was a war. So um, as much as I would hate to see that because that's not something that um, 
I think I'm equipped for or that I think that my community may be equipped for at this time. Um, I understand the frustration. I think that I think when people ask my opinion on what's going on right now, the main thing is like, you guys are like ruining your own neighborhood. Yes and no, because Atlanta's not ours anymore. Um, I've been in Atlanta my whole life and I've watched it be gentrified. It's not the Atlanta I grew up with. Um, aunts, uncles, aunties, cousins were pushed out of the like surrounding areas of downtown Atlanta when they needed to put up the Mercedes-Benz dome and when they needed to raise property taxes in certain areas. Um, so it's just like, I've watched that too and I watched the disruption. And yes, I understand that what they're doing is wrong. Um, but I also see that this is like bubbled up anger. So not to justify what they're doing, but understand what they're doing um, and why they're doing it. Um, that's the place that I'm in. So I do get kind of frustrated when I hear people talking about it. Cause it's like, it's not dumb though. Like it's, it's not, it's not a good idea, but it's not dumb. This is the right. way in which they are expressing their anger. You cannot, we, we don't know how to handle our anger. We've never been given therapy to handle the years of oppression that we dealt with the constant, um, things that we have to deal with on a regular basis. It's hard. I've been going to work and the the day of George Floyd's um, death or the day that we were able to see the video, I did watch it <laughs> um, and I had to walk away from my desk to cry and get myself together to, to have a, a normal work day where my boss is white and I have fellow black coworkers whom we have not addressed the issue at work at all. But that's all I want to talk about. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, I want to talk about this, but my coworkers are, you know, I mean, they're going about their their regular business. Um, so I think I see both sides of the coin. Do I wish that there was a way that we could do this peacefully and for it to work? Yes. But we literally chant no justice, no peace. And that's 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 something that we've been chanting for years at this point. Um, and we're saying no peace, which means if there's no peace, then there's violence. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about what things might do. I, I, I feel like this might be a turning point, but again, I never know. We never know. Like I felt like, um, in the thick of the black lives matter movement that we were at a turning point and things just quote unquote went back to normal. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I'm hoping for the best. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and like tiptoe into this for both of our emotional sake, but tiptoe into um, the details of what's going on right now. Um, and you mentioned that you had some things that you wanted to bring up or um, some comments you wanted to bring up. So I just kind of wanted to share like um, to start that I've had to try to stay away from social media right now. I don't know how that's been working for you, but like I am seeing who my followers and my friends are with all the things that people are saying and doing on their social medias right now. And it's a lot to handle emotionally. How has that been for you? So, um, like I told you before we started, I literally did not watch the video um, until literally right before we started this call, but I did, you know, read about the details. Watching the video for me, I think I wasn't gonna watch it at all, but when we decided we were gonna do this, I wanted to actually, you know, be able to talk about it and feel it because for me when all of this happens when all of it keeps happening the first one I remember affecting me was Trayvon Martin and I know for me I can take things on and it like weigh on me for 
like forever if I allow it to. So for me, not watching the video at first was sort of a way of me um, keeping myself, I guess, quote unquote, sane. But then I realized that in order to effectively talk about it, I needed to because making myself not feel it isn't fair. Like, I'm not saying, like, reading the details, I did feel it, but I didn't feel it, feel it. So I needed to in order to, I don't even know how to explain it, but. No, I definitely see what you mean, <laughs> um, because there is a weight that um, is experienced when we see these deaths. Um, for me, too, Trayvon Martin was the first major um, turning point for me at that time. I was in the 11th grade, and I remember um either 11th or 12th grade. Um, and I remember we planned a walkout. And like my high school, we had gotten a whole bunch of people together. We called news outlets. And at um, the top of our sixth period, we all just walked out and we just we just peacefully stood out on the front, um, the front lawn of our school. And my principal was like losing it. And I remember like being so frustrated that she couldn't see why we were doing what we were doing. And um, like being so emotionally affected by that because we were young, we were right in that age bracket. And like thinking like this could have been us. <laughs> that was insane to me. I walked to the corner store all the time because I was in, um, I spent a lot of time in doing like after school activities and we would walk to the corner store to get food and then come back. And just thinking that like, that was literally what he was doing trying to get a snack yeah. and come home and he didn't make it that was terrifying to me um and then now today it's continued and we've seen black women um sandra bland brianna taylor like lose their lives at the, yeah. of the police and like now it's affecting us as black women because now we know that like there's not there's nothing stopping them from killing us either um not that there was then because there's still so many cases that we don't know about right um but yeah, I definitely feel you with that. Like, unfortunately, it was in abundance on my timeline when I originally saw the video that morning. Um, I am a super emotional person, but I, I, when I was watching it, I needed to, I needed to see like what, why it to me that was the whole reason why. Like, I was stuck. I couldn't. I couldn't. I was numb at that moment. Um, cause I just was like, I can't, I can't touch the screen. I can't stop the video. I have to see what's going to happen. And to see that happen drove me nuts. I was like, the people recording this had to watch their brother die. That guy is traumatized for the rest of his life. Yeah. And that's the thing I've seen post, um, of people saying, if that happens to me, don't record me, help me. But if they were to step in, that would have been two or three of our people. And that's the thing. And, and and he was stepping in. Like, if you can hear um, from the video he recorded, he was speaking about how the, there was a poor technique. He was trained. Um, and he was like, I know and he's, I know that, that with that move is you're cutting off his circulation. Like, he's not going to be, he's not able to breathe. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be able to breathe. He's going to die. And he made that very clear. Um, and to see the other gentleman whom wasn't pinning him down, standing guard almost with his hand on his gun was kind of like this is just it was it was beyond me um, yeah and that's very beyond me. that part to me from what i saw of the video because i was watching the um original girls video on her facebook he looked like a minority as well and 
it's just it just goes back to a lot of the other posts I've been seeing about how okay well I have one pulled up and it's not just about other minorities it's about Caucasian people white people <laughs> and she says um she's an influencer and she says man tire isn't even the word it's also not shocking to see that none of the Caucasian influencers are acknowledging what's happening right now but y'all are on TikTok doing the savage challenge y'all love us meaning our culture until it's time to actually love us speak up so to me i mean white people are going to be white people but other minorities who are also looked down upon at the end of the day if that man who was standing guard didn't have on a uniform never wore a uniform let's be real those cops wouldn't look at him as an equal they probably still don't if we're being honest yeah, definitely. I mean, because when you look at the situation too, who was pinning him down and whom wasn't, there was, you know, a division there too. Like you just stand guard, we we got this. Right. Um, not that that's what happened, but like just thinking about um the way in which it looked. Um another um it's interesting that you brought up that post. So, we you had kind of talked about earlier um why you started Freedom Revamped. And just to kind of tie it back to the concept of like spiritual freedom is something that you mentioned. Um, I saw a post that was talking about activism being biblical. Um, And the reason why she said that is because in Proverbs 31, verse eight and nine, it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Um, And like to think, that like you can look back to the Bible and there was injustice that was experienced then because I I would always make comments to my brother about um, when I was really starting to study the word about the Israelites and like really feeling like those are my ancestors. Like we are connected to them, the same struggles that they dealt with, we (laughs) experienced and like God promised, God promised us the promised land and they, they ruined that in the wilderness with um, (laughs) complaining and things like that. But, he, he said I would never he would never turn away from that promise um, and because he had promised them that I just always think that this struggle that we're going through might still be stemming from that and that even if we don't see our milk and honey on earth like we'll see it in heaven um, and it's just I don't know it baffles me because we are so connected to them like even with them like let my people go their experience in Egypt as slaves and they they escaped to freedom, but were they really free? They still had a bondage mindset. That's so much what we're going through. Like we were quote unquote freed and then we're still bound um, emotionally and um, economically and so many other ways in which they have um, found ways to disenfranchise us. Um, so I guess in closing, my um, last question for you would be, um, what is one thing that you were going to do to ensure that, uh, you're okay mentally through this because we talk about freedom and it's so easy to be bound with all of this going on right now. So how do you intend to free yourself mentally um, as we continue to deal with these things? Um, definitely knowing my boundaries is one, like, because I didn't watch, like one thing I knew that if I kept watching the video until the very end, till his last breath, that like I probably would have been like can we reschedule so knowing my boundaries and knowing when it's becoming too um emotional for me is one thing but also speaking up about it 
not silencing myself about it because freedom revamp is a platform and even if I didn't have it um but it is a platform where you know I want to be able to express myself in any way possible so if I'm feeling led to talk about something more specifically social injustice than to talk about it because it is something that is very real and something that at this point doesn't look unfortunately doesn't look like it's going to end soon so um knowing my boundaries speaking up but also since I do know that it affects other people and I am an empath um I know it may seem weird to say this but checking up on other people is one way I deal with things because it it reminds me that I'm not alone but also sometimes it helps me understand what I'm feeling better so I think those are the three ways and of course prayer that I would um say I'm I would I'm going to deal with it emotionally going forward. I definitely agree. I am super outspoken. Um my mom always jokes and calls me Angela Davis because I um feel strongly about injustice, but that's just because um of my intersectionality. I'm a black woman living in America. <laughs> that that's a, a hard thing. And it's something that I didn't see until I had really gotten um to a point where I was starting to experience um, the racism, and it was like, okay, this is um, this is this is real for me. Um, so because of that, um, I think for me, I do have to take social media breaks um, because I I'm a ranter. So sometimes <laughs> I want to get on my story and I want to say things. Right. I'm so happy I'm not using Twitter because God knows that would probably would not have been good. Um, but like I did get on my story the other day and just really concisely said that I think what's hurts me the most is that like I get tired of adding things to the list of things that I can't do um, mm. as yeah. a black woman. Like I can remember back when the Trayvon Martin incident took place. I have a younger brother. My mom would not let him wear hoodies. Mm. And I remember arguing with my mom like why can't he wear a hoodie? And she was like, well, you saw what happened. And, and, and I understood the fear that was there for her. But I also felt like I hate that something that would be a normal thing for him to wear, he can't wear now as a young black boy in order to preserve his life. Like that, that really hurt me. Um, so for me, step one is staying off social media. <laughs> um, step two is finding quiet time with God. Um, because there are some things that we're just like, we're not supposed to understand because it's not our behavior that's um, gotten us here. So because of that, um, just kind of like asking God to show them the same mercy that, you know, he shows me. Obviously, you know, a lot of people are like, they don't deserve it, but they do. You know what I'm saying? That like, there is a sense of um, wanting them to have mercy, even though they're treating us the way that they're treating us. Um, and then last for me, um, worship. I am really like, um, a lot of the time that I spend with God is through worship because I just love music and I connect with music emotionally. So because of that, um, I'm taking time to, on my commute to work, listen to worship music um, and really find peace in that so that I can go into my work environment and function normally, even with all of this chaos. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Um, so, Courtney, I just want to say thank you. Um, this is an amazing first episode um, to kind of really open up the conversation about what freedom means. Um, obviously, we're speaking 
more towards the current situation. But as we continue this podcast, we'll be able to talk about all the many different facets of what Freedom Revamped is here for. Um, sorry, do you have any last words to share with the people? Yes, there are actually, sorry, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but there are two things that like no, sort go of ahead. with what you just said that I want to bring up. When you mentioned your mom and your brother, that's a, so I read this book when it first came out, The Hate You Give, and yeah. I watched the movie when it first came out, and then we watched the movie again last night. Um, I don't want to ruin it too much, but if anyone has seen it, the opening scene is literally a father talking to his children, saying if they're like, they look like eight, maybe 10 in the beginning scene of the movie. And he's literally telling them what to do if they ever get pulled over by a police. So to me, the fact that that is not just a movie, but it's reality. When my cousin who is 11 right now starts driving, my uncle's going to have to have that talk with him. The fact that that is real, it's, I mean, it's real, but to me, it's not okay. And it's every time I think about it, every time I hear about George Floyd, Trayvon Martin, Ahmaud Arbery, it's, I can literally replace their faces and their names with my uncle, my cousin, my brother, my dad. Like the fact that that is our reality to me is almost unpro. I can't process it. But no, definitely, because <laughs> it's not fair when you think about it. We there's so many things that we have to do just to to live a normal life. Like I was telling my friend the other day, there's so much privilege in being white. Like she was laughing at me, but we were out um, in Roswell here in Georgia, and I was just watching them like in the midst of this pandemic sit out on the front um, decks of like these different restaurants, sipping cocktails and stuff, just kind of living their lives and just thinking about the freedom there is within privilege, like that you can enjoy life. Like, I don't know that I have really truly enjoyed life because so much of my life has been trying to um, make sure that I'm preserving it. Like you said, like I'm driving in the car, I pass a cop, immediately my heart's beating a million miles per hour. Whether I'm doing something wrong or not, it doesn't matter. Um, or just like I'm out in public and there are white people around and wanting to make sure that I'm not acting, you know, any way to make them feel threatened. Like th that's little things that we can't do normally or to think that you have to, as, an, as a parent, I have to say, oh, when they get this age, I gotta make sure not I'm not only talking about the birds and the bees, I gotta talk about getting pulled over by cops too. Like there are so many tasks that get added on to the black experience that I don't think people are aware of. Um, right. So I definitely agree with that point. <laughs> and then the other thing I sort of wanted to, I don't want to say advise, but yeah, well, sort of advise. Um, so my, we were talking with my mom. She's in Georgia right now and I'm not, <laughs> but we were talking to her on the phone and she was talking to us about an experience she had and it's her story and she's only shared it with certain people. So I'm not going to go into full details, but when she was telling us about an experience she had with someone who was racist towards her, um, I remember, like, I immediately became angry. And in my head, I was like, I would have told that bleep, 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 bleep. So I guess I want to advise us to not allow their hatred for us to become our hatred for them. Because, um, because at the end of the day, allowing that to happen, like, because the words I were, was thinking in my head definitely could be considered racist towards them, if you want to say that. So um, just being careful to guard our hearts and in the midst of our anger, not becoming hateful 
towards them. And I know that's much easier said than done because if we think about all the years of oppression, but like doing that in the best way we know how. I totally agree. Um, because there is this, like in real life, I'm very much a turn the other cheek type person with small issues. This is injustice. You know, this is a whole nother level of, um, it's a whole other thing to process. So yeah, I definitely do find myself getting angry. Like I was discussing this with my boyfriend. He was like, wow, you're yelling. And I was like, oh, my bad. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't realize that I had started to raise my voice, but it was just like, I'm so passionate about what's going on right now that it had brought me to that anger. Um, so I definitely understand it. And anger is, um, it's a way in which we are um, coping, but um, just... That's why I go back to what we discussed earlier. It's just, I can't tell you what to do or how to deal with what's going on because I don't even know how to deal with it. Um, but obviously anger is it's not the way. Um, but I don't know the way, so I can't tell right. you. You know, I did, so that's the thing. Like, everything is like, but, 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 but. Um, I definitely agree with both of those points. I do. Well, thank you again, Courtney. Like I said before, um, this has truly been a wonderful conversation and it's a pleasure um, to be able to do this with you. Do you have any final words for the people? Um, none I can think of other than make sure you're keeping up with Freedom Revamped on social media. <laughs> oh, yes. Please follow us on social media platforms. Um, we've got lots of great content. Courtney's taking really good care of our platforms and making sure that... Um, they're in tip-top shape. So engage with those posts and things that you see as well. Also, Courtney, would you like to share with them how they can get some merch? Oh, yes. So it's officially on the website now. You will type in freedomrevamp.com or you can go to the link tree that's in um, our Instagram bio, which is at freedomrevamp. But if you go to the website, you will click on the little bar and it'll either say shop or apparel. I forgot what I put. But and then go from there. Yeah, so definitely make sure you grab yourself a shirt, especially if you love what it is we're doing and what it is that we stand for. Um, and I guess what I want to say to sign out is something that Courtney has said earlier. Um, she talked about practicing freedom. So I encourage you all to practice freedom each and every day, whether that be physically, mentally, emotionally, um, whatever it is that you are in need of. And this is your, your girl, Deshaun, signing out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone.